So for me, a key technique is to really be clear on what it means to be a head of product. That doesn't mean making strategic decisions and carrying out product discovery work for individual products. The intention has to be to enable the individual or the individual to do this work in a self-sufficient manner on their own rather than head of products continuing essentially to determine the product strategy. Welcome to Product with Benash. I'm Axel, and in this show, I talk to product leaders and experienced operators across Europe and beyond. Together, we'll learn about their craft, how they build successful products, and unpack the frameworks and secrets they've used in delivering growth for their businesses. In this episode, I have the pleasure of hosting Roman Fischler, who is a longtime practitioner of product management. Roman has over 15 years experience in teaching product managers and product owners, advising product leaders, and helping companies build successful product management organizations. Before starting to record this conversation, Roman and I were having a chat about how it all started, and basically this is when I started recording. Actually, I started recording now while you were speaking. I guess one of the things I'd be really keen to understand is what brought you to product, right? And I'll take my example. I found out about you when I was working in London. I was product manager at Barclays. There was this leadership program within Barclays, but it wasn't specific to product management, right? But I was thinking, how can I become a better product leader, a better product manager? And I went online and I found your website and I thought, this is really interesting because Roman seems to have a focus on practitioners and also I think the format that I saw was workshops. So it, it sounded like something that would be very hands-on. One of the things that I wanted to understand and I'm a bit curious about is what drove you to do product management in the first place? And how did you transition from being a practitioner to somebody that coaches and helps other people in their practice? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, nice question. Thank you for asking that. So I I fell into product management like many other I guess people have done as well. I think in a way we're all accidental product people, we're all accidental <laughs> product managers. Um, yeah. I don't think it's usually, usually, usually you don't wake up one day, you know, I don't know. It's not like other professions where, you know, at a young age, you said, I want to become a product manager. I want to yeah, manage digital products. I started out as a developer and then moved on to take a position within Siemens corporate technology and doing some research and doing some consulting, in-house consulting and helping the business groups and various business groups at Siemens develop brand new products. And, and then took an interest, a particular interest in processes after working on the technology side for a few years and discovering you can have the best cutting edge technologies. If you have got your processes sorted out, then that's going to be challenging. And as part of that effort, I ended up working with a group of product managers at Siemens Healthcare to help them understand how they can take advantage of some agile practices. And that really increased my interest in product management and in product management as a profession. And I then subsequently tried to build up a practice, an agile consultancy practice at the organization where I was working. And so I had to think about what kind of services and products do we need. And then eventually I took a position with a client that didn't quite work out as I imagined and then set up my own business. 
And again, in the process of doing so, I had to think about what are the services that we should offer? Do we need any products? Why would anybody want to buy our services? Who are they for? How are they differentiated from existing ones? And what are the key business goals that we have? How might those services evolve over the next 12 to 24 months? Those are all genuine product management questions. And that's something I still do on a regular basis. I still try and practice what I preach. I still think that to a certain extent, I'm a product person, I'm a product manager, and I look at the product portfolio or generally the portfolio of products and services that that I have and try and actively manage it and review on a regular basis the strategy we have in place, certainly for the important services and product and adjust it. And, And for me, that is that is important to keep my teaching fresh and yeah, keep things real and have the opportunity to experiment with new ideas. I still work with a small development team, the people who design and develop my website. And, and again, I think that's very healthy yeah. just to stay connected to the day-to-day work of the people I, who I teach. Yeah, so yeah, that's a little bit of my story and my, my, my background. This brings us to the core of what I wanted to talk about today, which is really some of the challenges this I would say new generation of product leaders is, is facing, especially in Europe, because I think when you look at the US, there is definitely enough background and history there that, and people there that have been early practitioners of product management and such a culture of product management that a lot of this information and experience and expertise gets distributed I would say more organically than it does maybe in Europe. And one of the things I wonder is, what are some of the main challenges people reach out to you about? What are the future product leaders in Europe trying to accomplish and how do you go about helping them? Yeah, interesting that you uh, use the term product leader. I guess a common understanding of what it means to be a product leader, who a product leader is to think of the head of product, somebody who manages a group of product people. And I think that's a, a very valid meaning of the term. I also think of product leaders as as the practitioners. I think as practitioners, as practicing product people, mm-hmm. we also have to show some leadership so we can guide and align the stakeholders and development teams. But in terms of the first meaning, the heads of products, often people reach out to me to ask me for my input, for my help to grow a product management team. Smaller or mid-sized company has become more successful, needs to build up or increase their product management organization. And then people look for advice, for tips on how do I structure such a product management team? How do I make sure, which roles and responsibilities do I need? How do I make sure that I find and attract the right people? How do I make sure that people collaborate in an effective way? What kind of tools and plans and artifacts should be used? So those are all questions that I then discuss with the individuals. And in some cases, that also requires an element of organizational development and change in order to ensure that the product people are sufficiently authorized, sufficiently empowered, depending on the background of the company and the industry the company is in. I agree with your perspective that certainly in in some regions, product management has changed significantly over the past 10, 20 years and changed for the better and has matured. But I still find that when you are in, say, retail or finance, you often have a bit of a harder stand as the person in charge of the product than when you work in an industry where traditionally there's been a product management, at least since, what, the 1960s, 1950s. And generally, there's a solid understanding in the organization what a product manager does or what a product person does and why the individual needs a certain amount of empowerment and respect. 
So you talk about product leadership and how, and I completely agree with you, by the way, leadership is something that can exist and, and be witnessed at different levels in the organization. What are some, if we like deep dive into some of the requests from people reaching out to you around scaling a product organization and things like that, where do you see the actual obstacles or main challenges? Is this around hiring the right people? Is it about creating the right environment for these people to thrive. Based on my experience of different companies I've been working at in London, I can see that a lot of companies really have the heart in the right place, but building a culture where product managers are going to thrive together with developers, designers, etc., is sometimes the hard part, right? It's the part that doesn't necessarily rely on the hard skills. Is this something you've observed and how have you gone about helping companies tackle that? Yeah, no, that's certainly an observation I'd share. When somebody wants to grow their product management team, the first suggestion that I tend to make is to say, just be clear what your products are. And I know this sounds really trivial, but a product professional, a product manager, product owner, whichever term you prefer, is a person who manages a product or owns a product. Again, pretty yeah. trivial. <laughs> However, most companies I've worked for and I've worked with didn't have a clear shared understanding of what a product, certainly a digital product is. And sometimes the people who I teach and the people who I work with, the product people, they're a little bit confused as well. And sometimes people actually manage less than a product and they manage a feature in the sense of an end user facing product capability, or they manage a product path, more like a an architecture building block or a service or a subsystem. Sometimes they manage more, an aggregate product, a collection of products, or even an entire product portfolio. And for me, bringing some clarity to what is a product is important because once I've understood what a product is and once I've identified my products, my revenue generating products, assuming that you have revenue generating products and my supporting products, and I'm clear on what is the value that these products create towards the users and who are those users, end users and maybe internal users. And what is the value that these products, these assets create, create towards the business? I'm then in a good position to say, okay, who are the right people to take those products forward or develop new products, similar products? And what kind of skills will people require? For instance, a person who takes ownership or manages an end user facing product requires somewhat different skills to somebody who manages a supporting internal technical product like an internal letter needs typically strong technical skills as the users are most likely the people who develop the products or the apps that sit on top of that platform. And in order to be able to communicate with, with them, I need to be able to talk about APIs and interfaces and interface changes. So again, I need to know the technologies. I need to understand the technologies. But as an end user facing, as, sorry, as a, as a person who manages an end user facing product, and that's not so important. I need a much better understanding, however, of the domain, the markets, and be comfortable reaching out to customers and users and observe them, talk to them in order to understand their needs and then know how to quickly validate ideas, be it for a new or enhanced product or new or enhanced features. So I really like to suggest starting by understanding what is a product, identifying those products and then thinking about, okay, how many products are there? Therefore, how many people do we need? And what kind of skills, what kind of qualifications would those individuals require? I guess one of the, one of the other topics that I find particularly interesting is that there is, going back to this new generation of product leaders on the European scene, there was this first cohort of first-time product managers 
who are now have three, four, five, six years experience and are going to transition into their first heads of product role. And many of these people would reach out to me and they will ask about how do I go about planning my first hundred days as a new head of product. What kind of advice would you give to these people around arriving and planning and executing these first hundred days? Yeah, interesting question. So I, I would suggest two main things. The first one is to familiarize yourself with the product portfolio. So the products and services that the people within the product management team and the product management group will have to look after or look after and will have to own to a certain extent. Um, and understand essentially the, their value proposition and understand their markets and understand any standout features, look at any high level plans like a product roadmap and then see if there's been so far a systematic product portfolio management approach or process, how those various products, these various offerings have been aligned in the past and how investment decisions have been made. So it's really understanding the product landscape and the value that those products create and how they relate, how they have been managed individually and as a group. And then the second thing I'd suggest is to get to know the people. And that's probably even more important than getting to know the products. So getting to know the colleagues on the leadership team and trying to build a trustful connection. And equally trying to get to know the people who are currently on the product management team and the product management group. And again, you know, doing some relationship building, getting to know them and in a way earning their trust, even though you are now the line manager and you have transactional power, you have in a way formal authority and you can tell people what to do. I think it's still crucial really to empathize with the individuals and take a genuine and respectful interest and, and show that you care and thereby gain people's trust. And that'll then allow you to act as a leader, not only as the manager who says, do it because I say so. But as somebody who advises, somebody who guides and is a valued partner. So yeah, do some relationship building and get to know the individuals, the key individuals, do some relationship building and get to know the product portfolio and the key products within that portfolio. I guess this brings me to, to my next question. When I look at the product landscape today across Europe, I guess a lot of what I hear when I speak to product people is has to do with product delivery. So the range of activities that have to do with shipping something to production and then measuring the impact it has on the business, on the users, etc. What I don't hear a lot about, and I think this is an area, and this is my personal point of view, I'd be really keen to get yours, an area where the industry seems to be lacking is the discovery side of things, right? So I had this conversation with Marty Kagan in January where I ask him, how do you see the role of product managers evolve in the next five to 10 years? And he said, product managers are going to have to do more and more discovery. And what that really means is product managers will have to develop a new skill set or improve their existing skill set around user research and interviewing people and conducting research activities, et cetera. Is this something you are also seeing from people reaching out to you their interest in discovery or are you seeing that people are still very much concerned about delivery? I think I see a bit of both. Me carrying out product discovery work and taking good care of product strategy and carrying out product strategy work and doing some product road mapping, but also for a commercial revenue generating products, looking after the business model. Those are for me core responsibilities of a 
uh, product person. So, you know, things that as product people, we should really attend to, we should really do. And then still, if that's the case, quite a few people are, as you said, stuck in delivery, very much focused on getting stuff done and new features and new products out of the door. And I, I guess that to me, for me, then raises the question of like, why is that? And I see two causes. One is that the role of a product person, a product professional is not always properly understood. And that in some organizations, product people acquire tactical. They're seen in a way as a cross between a project manager and a business analyst, rather than somebody who also needs to be able and allowed, empowered to do the strategic work and make strategic product decisions. And that's related to the second cause that I see, a lack of empowerment, you know, that sometimes product people are just not trusted to take charge of strategic, key strategic decisions. And as, there's no point for me to carry out product discovery if I'm not allowed to take the knowledge that I've acquired in product discovery and use it to shape the strategy of my product. <laughs> yeah, makes total sense. That's, that'd be really wasteful. <laughs> that'd be really dumb. If my, my, my boss or if the leadership team still makes the strategic decisions of the products, and product managers are then responsible for writing requirements or product backlog items and working with development teams, then those product people, they're not going to engage much in product discovery work. Because again, in terms of what they're told to do, how their job role is being applied is in a very much in a tactical execution focused nature. So I think in order to allow people to practice more product discovery and attend to the product strategy, do the necessary product strategy work, I think it's really a case of bringing awareness to what is, what does it truly mean to be a product professional and help product people to increase the level of empowerment that they have. Some of the things that I'm also seeing is, like I mentioned before, a lot of the companies today, certainly the younger, the companies, the startups, to some extent, some of the scale-ups really have hired people that want to do things the right way. And this has a lot to do with empowerment. So giving people the space to actually conduct the right activities, but then like you mentioned, go further into implementing a product strategy and then delivering upon that vision that they've set for themselves. But more often than not, what I can also see is that in these companies that are scaling at a very high pace, product managers are expected to focus a lot of their attention on just shipping stuff, right? So how do you maintain the balance, right? Because at the end of the day, it all comes down to equilibrium and how you get your product organization mm. to function in a way that is sustainable and that will mm. scale with the size of the company, especially mm. these scale-ups that are scaling quite aggressively. How do you play this balancing act? You know, that's a great question. And to a certain extent, I think it's, it's an equest, you know, a question that entrepreneurs have faced forever. <laughs> yeah. It's doing what needs to be done in order to keep things moving forward and focusing on, when I worked at Intel, they call, called it flawless execution. But at the same time, making sure that there's a future and looking ahead and spotting opportunities and threats early on so we can respond rather than being reactive and playing desperate catch up with the competition or feel we're struggling and dealing with an emergency with our back against the wall. And so I think that there are several things that, that are useful. The first one is fully recognizing recognizing that product people, generally speaking, require what I call full stack ownership from the vision down to the tactics that product people are not just there to get stuff delivered and in a way manage development projects, but really product people are there to create value and maximize the value of their products. And that requires them 
to be empowered and qualified to make strategic product decisions. And then the second thing is to be honest and transparent about what can be achieved and how much can be done in a given time. I think all organizations I've worked with had more ideas and ultimately more work to do than people. And certainly when it comes to digital products and we think about finding enough people with the right skills in a short period or comparatively short period of time, that's always going to be a challenge. We'll always be constrained by the people who we have and the people who we can find to help us develop new or progress existing products. And so again, just in a way being honest and being realistic, but being transparent about what can be done and can't be done, I think is very important. And in order to do that, I'd like to go back to what I suggested earlier. I find it's very useful to organize around products and clearly say, this is what a product is, what a digital product is, and then organize around products and have clear ownership in terms of the product management side of things, but also to form stable development teams, cross-functional development teams, a collection of designers, UX, UI designers, people with architecture knowledge, people with the ability to write code, people with the ability to test and create the necessary documentation to form stable teams around those products and give them the necessary level of empowerment and autonomy. And then I find organizations start to be in a much better position to understand what they can really do. And in addition to that, try and move away from focusing purely on features and functionality and using that ultimately as a measurement for progress and productivity, but focusing on um, the value that your product creates, the outcomes, the specific outcomes it should offer or the, the specific benefits it should generate and measuring against them and also using that in order to understand how successful is a product team, how successful is the product professional working with a cross-functional group of designers, developers, testers. So those are things that I would suggest. Do you feel stuck not knowing how to tackle a problem or you're looking for a solution to help your team members grow in their craft? Either way, check out panache.io. Panache works with product leaders to bring expert insights and proven frameworks you can use in your role as a product person. Companies like Atlassian, Content Square and Miracle all choose Panache to provide the right level of training and coaching to their product teams so they can perform at their best. Whether you're a product leader or an individual contributor, Head to panache.io to get an idea of how we can help you level up today. Check out panache.io. That's P-A-N-A-S-H dot I-O. So we talked about product leaders as both people that could be anywhere in the organization, regardless of their place in the organization from a hierarchical perspective, but also line managers. And I guess in some of these companies, the startups and the scale-ups, we are seeing more and more junior product people come in. And one of the challenges that I've seen in these companies is that in these environments where there is a lot of focus around delivery and shipping of value out to customers and end users, when you onboard these junior members of staff, these junior product managers, there's Obviously, an expectation around growth. So as a product leader, your role is also to help these people grow in their practice. How have you seen heads of products deal with finding time and space to actually help these people grow in their practice of product? Yeah, and no, it's an important question. And so for me, a key technique is to really be clear on what it means to be a head of product. So for me, that doesn't mean 
making strategic decisions and carrying out product discovery work for individual products. It really means providing an environment so that practicing product people can succeed in supporting those individuals. And then, as you said, helping those individuals grow. So it's a mentoring and coaching role that I have, not a doer role. And, and so it can be very tempting, I find, for some heads of product to continue to their trade, so to speak, and get stuck in and yeah. say like, all right, then this is how you do the a product strategy. And sometimes that's a good way to, to bring people along, to show particularly newer, junior product people how, say, a product roadmap or product strategy can be built. But I think the intention has to be to enable the individual or the individual to do this work in a self-sufficient manner on their own rather than head of product continuing essentially to determine the product strategy. Something similar is true when it comes to product portfolio management, even though my experience suggests that product portfolio management is sometimes can sometimes be practiced by the head of product. But if the product portfolio, the group of products, assets grows and becomes more complex, then it may well make sense to have a dedicated product portfolio manager rather than the head of products doing this job in addition to the man management, the people management work that has to happen. So it's really focusing on the core responsibility. And again, for me, a head of products, the core responsibility is not to create product strategies or product roadmaps, is really to mentor and coach and support and help the people who should do it. But of course, it is very beneficial having the ability to say, create a product strategy or do some validation work and know how product discovery work can be done and why it is important and when it might happen or understanding product roadmapping practices and maybe understanding how you can prioritize a product backlog and how you can work with stakeholders and development teams. But again, to any heads of products listening, I'd say a refrain from um, being a doer yourself and find ways to enable your team members, your members of staff to take on that work. And that might be that initially, actually your workload goes up while mentor and coach people and show people how to do it. Sometimes that's more, more, more work and more exhausting than just doing it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. But hopefully in the short to long run, that'll then reduce your workload. And I think what's also interesting is that, like you mentioned, there is this, sometimes this temptation maybe to revert to something that you're comfortable with, which is the doing mm-hmm. part. And some of these heads of products will want to stay in this comfort zone. But it's actually, there's a share of expectation as well from the leadership team, right? So often, oftentimes a leadership team is going to hire somebody because they know that this person is going to help with bringing clarity around vision and roadmap and things like that. So the expectation from the management team sometimes lies around the outputs, not necessarily the outcomes. So they hire hire this head of product, hoping that this person is going to produce this beautiful roadmap, which Mm -hmm. is going to help everybody in the company align, but also communicate with the board and all this kind of stuff. Um, How have you seen people balance the expectation from the management team with the reality of having to support juniors and help helping them grow in the organization? It's quite simple by coming up with a beautifully colored, feature-based, detailed product roadmap that (laughs) just everybody follows and it's just being blindly executed. (laughs) Sorry, that was too tempting to say that. No, of course, that's, that'd be probably the least thing you want to do. Me, it's about expectation management, but also understanding what 
the role is about when you interview and you think about taking on the role, accepting the offer and and hopefully by building relationships and trustful, respectful relationships with the leadership colleagues, that's an opportunity then to influence the leadership team and bring about a change in expectation. And ultimately, it can't be in the interest of the leadership team and the company that the head of products comes up with the product strategy and makes the product roadmapping decisions or decides what the product roadmaps look should look like because it'll create a bottleneck, right? There's one person who can do it. And then the product people are pushed into this more delivery role that we talked about earlier. So that's not desirable for the product people. And again, it creates that bottleneck. So I think it's really, you know, again, focusing on what's my job as the head of product. And as the head of product, I'd say you're a line manager. So you're really responsible for creating an environment in which people can do a great job and helping people acquire and deepen the necessary skills and, and do what is necessary in order to achieve that in a sustainable way, in a healthy way. I'm going to go back to some of the things we, we talked about earlier around the level of maturity in product management in Europe versus or continental Europe versus UK and, and the United States. What are some of the kind of trends you've seen from adopting product management as a practice, right? I'll clarify what I mean by that. So you've got this, these new cohorts of young people leaving schools and universities now and wanting to start a career in tech. And some of them will have identified product management as a viable route. It will, it, it will already be on their radar and they'll know there's this job called product manager. Sounds interesting. I want to do that. And some of them won't even know that this job exists, right? Like we were saying at the start of this conversation, most of us have fallen into it. How are you seeing people in organizations, especially the people that are arriving on this job as their first job? How are you seeing these people onboard onto a practice of product management? How are they going about learning the craft. And I'm quite interested to also know in your consultancy slash coaching, uh, are you involved in actually helping this type of people in the company grow? Yeah, nice questions. So the picture that I see is really mixed. So some people are given a proper, in a way, onboarding process when it comes to growing into the product manager role. And there's some companies where you know, initially as a junior, a new product person, you shadow experienced product people for the first six to 12 months and a number of formal training courses that you go through. And I think in a way that is great because it ex exposes you to different aspects of product management. You can, to a certain extent, learn on the job benefit from the guidance of a senior person. And by having the opportunity to attend specific training courses, it's a, usually a good way to quickly acquire a broad range of knowledge or deepen existing knowledge and validate practice, a specific product management practice or practices. But I also see product people who are thrown into their job and just expected to learn as they <laughs> go along. Thrown into the deep end. Exactly. And desperate to, to stay afloat, so to speak. And, and sometimes that's not so bad if the product management setup generally is healthy and if there is some support and if, if people have a decent enough understanding of the business and to a certain extent of the technologies used to build the product. But yeah, so it's really quite varied. And in some organizations, it's, a, it's something in between, right? It's people are just expected to start working as a product manager, product owner, but they also then get some training or some support. The ideal scenario for me is that there's a real, there's a process of how new product people are integrated and brought up to speed. And I think 
it tends to be best to have that mixture of mentoring, coaching and training. And I think it's also really useful to have some agreed standards, product management standards in the organization. So for instance, there is a common way or a common understanding of say what a product strategy is and what a product roadmap is. And maybe there is a common template or there are two or three templates that are usually used to capture a product strategy. And maybe there's a specific product roadmap template that's typically used, or at least there's an agreement that product roadmaps should talk about desired benefits and outcomes or the goals that you want to achieve with your product and these goals should be well specific and measurable rather than lots of detailed functionality and features and once you have these standards or if those standards when those standards exist then it's much easier for new people to find their feet and understand oh okay this is how i'm meant to do things or there's some help or okay i can use this specific template or if i look at a couple of sample or existing product strategies i'm not completely confused because they're not completely different but follow a similar pattern so i, I can see the similarities so that that tends to be really beneficial as well but goes back to the job of the head of product that we talked about earlier that for me is a genuine response responsibility of the head of product. And, you know, what I've done for clients is what I call a health check, which really is a product management assessment and an informal product management assessment where I look at the current state of practice and the current state of product management in an organization and assess how healthy is it, how effective is it, how mature is it in terms of roles and responsibilities and skills and development programs in terms of the tools being used, which plans to exist. Some organizations don't have effective product roadmaps. Some organizations don't have any product strategy as a formal plan, as a formal artifact, for instance, and various other dimensions. And then use that in order to make recommendations and say, maybe you want to introduce more specific product management roles, for instance. Or maybe you want to rework your learning and development programs, or maybe learning and development programs don't exist. I've seen it's a bit of surprising that you hire product people, but then there aren't any specific learning and development programs. It's like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> it happens. We're coming, we're coming to a close. Before you, before I let you go, I wanted to ask a couple of questions around some of the some of the challenges you are observing from maybe these last couple of years, maybe this last year. This last year has been quite particular in itself with COVID and everything. For the product leaders that are reaching out and looking for support. What would you say some of the kind of main, the more painful challenges are today? And where, are, essentially, where are people struggling and how are you going about helping them? Yeah, nice question. I think you mentioned earlier growth and the need to grow and scale up. And I think a lot of heads of products, a lot of product leaders find it challenging to facilitate that growth and attract the right people and attract enough people. I think that's it, it, enough of challenge. the right people. Yeah. And product management has been a real a growth profession in a way. It's growing yeah. so much. Yeah. That's at least my perspective. So many. There's also people. a lot of hype around it, right? It has, yeah, there's been a lot of hype, but also I think a lot of people have entered product management and that itself, I think, has created some challenges because you have mm -hmm. all this influx of people who know more or less about the profession and in, in many cases don't know that much in terms of specific practices and tools and techniques and so forth, forth and may have had a little training and then trying to find their feet along the lines that we discussed earlier. So yeah, finding the right people and then helping them to do an effective job, I think it's a real, real common challenge and being able to grow quickly enough. Attracting the right people, enough of the right people has a lot to do with, with culture, right? Are you building a culture where these people will be able to onboard properly and then be empowered, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess it goes back to what we were saying earlier around your role as head of product doesn't have to do so much with 
producing things like roadmaps and media backlogs and vision statements and all that. It's a lot to do with creating the right environment where other product managers are going to thrive and are going to feel empowered in doing the right kind of activities, for example, product discovery, and also take that work all the way across the finish line and Mm. taking decisions and owning these decisions, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As you said, creating an environment where people have sufficient ownership is crucial because I think that if I'm in charge of something and I'm owning and I can make decisions and I can move my product forward and I see my product progress, then that's incredibly motivating and and it's satisfying. And so creating an environment where that's possible and where product people can work with cross-functional development teams. And as I said, have that element of empowerment and autonomy to progress their products. I think that is super helpful. But it's also something that is is tricky for many more established or traditional larger organizations to mm-hmm. to bring about where often there's still strong departmental thinking and you still get, I find, quite big gaps between the different groups and departments. And so it's difficult to bring people together and it's difficult to break out of matrix type organization and focus more on creating value and organizing around products. And so if that is the case, then there's also an organizational development and change piece that the head of product ultimately, I think, has to consider tackling in the right way in order to create that effective environment for product people to do a good job and succeed. Yeah. Listen, Roman, thank you so much for spending the time with me today on Product Squad. It was super interesting to have a chat with you around your experience and the work you've been doing in product for so long. Thank you so much for the content you produce. I know a lot of people have reached out to me when I was asking who should I host on the show and they said the content from your blog and your writing is something that really helps them. So thanks a lot on their behalf for all the work you've been doing in the industry. And how can people go about reaching you? Yeah, thank you for your kind words and for having me. It's been really nice talking to you. So yeah, if people want to find out more about me, please go to my website, romanpischler.com. So I, I write on a regular basis, typically monthly, new articles for product people. And as of, I think, beginning of last year, these articles are also available as podcast episodes if you prefer to listen rather than to read. And the number of it's tools you can download from my website, I've written a few books that you might want to take a look at. One about leadership, even though it's more aimed at the at leadership practices for practicing product people, for the doers, for the product people, like aligning stakeholders or collaborative decision making or dealing with disagreement and conflict, for instance, or negotiation techniques, which I find quite helpful. So yeah, please check out the my website. If you've got any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out and fill out the contact form or send me an email. Thank you so much again for your time and may get to speak again soon. Thanks for having me. If you're hearing this, you've listened to this episode all the way. And for that, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite platform. Also, if you have a minute, please consider giving us a rating as it helps other listeners find the show. You can find all the episodes and resources on panache.io slash podcast. That's P-A-N-A-S-H dot I-O slash podcast. Until next time.